Hi friends, I'm Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for uh, episode 11 of the Jesus Society podcast, a conversation exploring relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. I uh, hope you've all had a good week. Um, I've had a weird week. Um, my uh, my iPhone died. Um, I, I hate it. I hate it. I, I love technology. I hate technology. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so the stupid thing has been giving me trouble for a while, and it just was, it was shutting off um, intermittently all by itself. Sometimes in the midst of a call, and I I worked and worked and worked to try to figure out how to how to fix it. I took it three times to the iPhone repair place. And in the end, uh, it, it was time for it to die. So, um, so I, I had to get a new iPhone, which is, which is cool. It's fun. You get some new things and that's neat. But, um, you know, I just want everything to, I want everything to work. I want it to work all the time. I don't ever want to have any trouble with anything. Um, that's our struggle in life, isn't it? We all want that. So that, and I was I was sick a little bit this week. Um, so I had some sort of weird 24-hour stomach thing that threw me for a loop. But um, everything's fine now. We've we've hit equilibrium. I'm uh, I'm back in the saddle. My phone works. My uh, my stomach is okay now, and uh, we're good. <laughs> So hopefully that'll continue. Um, so if you've been listening to this uh, podcast for a while, you know that we we just did kind of an eight-part little series that we called the Story of the Bible, and we kind of we kind of finished that sort of last week, and I'll tell you why I said sorta in a minute. Um, but what I was trying to do in that is is sort of trace um, the big pieces of the Bible story in a way that that would hopefully give you some handholds as you try to read and understand the Bible and and find your place in the story of God. The Bible is hard for, for a lot of us, particularly when we're just coming at it. It seems part of it's hard because it's it's just so far removed from our day-to-day lives. You know, the people, um, it, it deals with people that lived a long, long, long time ago in a place we don't understand with cultural customs that make no sense to particularly Western Americans. Um, and so we, we just grapple with understanding that. And we, we just, there's a lot we don't, we don't get. Um, we're not always very good theologians. So we just, you know, we're, we're used to a lot of us. Uh, we're used to just reading um, something and having it make sense right immediately. And sometimes the Bible takes a little bit of work. And um, and that doesn't always jive real well with us. But my idea was if we if we could see kind of the big pieces of the story, see how the 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 the, the story flows and and what God's goal is, and and kind of get get some of that as a, as sort of a foundation. Then we're when we're reading a part that we have a difficult time understanding, we we can at least say, okay, this has got to fit into this bigger story. How does it do that? And we can start asking maybe some more helpful questions about that. Well, last week we talked about how if if we're going to be the people God wants us to be in the kingdom of God and to, and to function as 
agents of hope and, and blessing in the world. We, we just really have to be different people. Um, God needs to change us. We, we need to be more, um, more allied with him. We need, to, we need to not see him as the enemy, which we sometimes do. We need to see him as our, as our creator, our father, right? Um, so we, we talked about how to, how to orient our lives for transformation, how to, how to cooperate with God a little bit in the, in the changes that he wants to make in us, to, to, to make us better, freer, more loving, more giving, uh, more hopeful, less anxious kind of people. And we talked about the role of the Spirit uh, in that, how we can cooperate with the Spirit's leading and prompting by becoming better abiders and better cleavers uh, to the Lord so that he can do his work uh, in us. Well, we're going to expand uh, on that. We're going to, that's a, that's a big piece of um, how that all works is a big piece of why I'm, I'm doing this podcast. Um, because I lived a lot of my life as a Christian um, missing some of these big pieces of this, right? Um, I thought it was all about study, study, knowledge, knowledge, right? And, and knowing more. And what I, what I have come to learn is that this is not just about knowledge. It's about relationship. It's about walking intimately with the God who created us. Um, so, so what, what I, what I want to do here is, um, is talk about growing in intimacy with God over the next few weeks. How do we, how do we learn to lean into God, to experience Him more fully, and to come to rest, really rest in His love for us, to, to relate to God not just as a, as a distant king who we've read a book about, right? And I, and I think for a lot of people, that's who God is. It's somebody we read about in a book, you know, like... The, the Queen of England, I know she's the Queen of England. Um, I've read a, a, a few things about her. I've seen a few movies and documentaries about her. But she's distant. I don't have any relationship with her at all, right? Um, President Trump, love him or hate him, um, I, don't, I don't have any relationship with him. He is my president because he's our president. He's, he's all of our president if we're Americans. Um, I don't have any relationship with him at all, right? Um, I don't want to relate to God that way, you know? And God doesn't want to relate to us that way, right? He's not just a distant king that we've read a book about. He's a real, present, loving father who, who walks with us and talks with us and tells us we are his own, Right? from the old song. Because for me, everything that God wants to do in us and through us hinges on an unfolding relationship and a, and a growing intimacy with God. Uh, I have a friend named uh, Kent Smith um, who uh, works in West Texas, and, and a big part of his work is to um, uh, develop and, and sort of um, um, incubate um, vibrant Christian communities who can reach their neighborhoods for Jesus. 
Kent has been one of the one of the dominant kind of conversation partners um, in my own journey toward living some of this stuff out. One of the things that Kent says a lot is that, um, and, and it's just a boy, it's a simple little statement, but but it's packed with power. He says, "Intimacy comes through mutual self disclosure." Right? Intimacy comes through mutual self disclosure. It is one of Kent's mantras. And it has become one of mine. And it's real simple. And you hear that and you say, well, yeah, duh. But it's true. Um, intimacy between two people only comes when both of us are continually peeling back the veil and sharing our, our true selves with each other, our, our hearts, uh, our hopes, our, our fears, our dreams, um, our joys, as well as our sorrows. Uh, we call that emotional vulnerability, and it is a key ingredient in intimacy. And true intimacy will never develop between two people to the extent that it that it can't that it should, when one or both of them is holding back on who they really are and and what's going on inside. But that takes work, right? Um, all relationships take work if they're to be really really healthy. The problem is that most of us, um, well, let me back up for just a second. It, this is true. This intimacy comes through mutual self-disclosure. That's true with people. It's true with our relationship with God, too, right? If we want to have intimacy with God, it, requ- it requires a level of communication, okay? And, and all that takes work, right? Uh, and that's true with all relationships, but the problem is that most of us want, um, we expect, really, if we're honest, we expect for intimacy with God to, to come to us hassle-free with little effort on our part, uh, pretty much the way we'd like the rest of life to go, right? Convenient, easy. So rather than a real daily conversation with a present God and an unfolding um, walk with our uh, with our father where we're constantly discerning more and more of, of who he is and 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 walking in that in that light um, rather than that we will opt for the occasional bit of pre-digested mass dispensed universal truth right um, we're we're satisfied for somebody else to just um, uh, tell us what to think and what to believe and what to do in our in our the practicing of our Christianity, right? When what God really wants is for each of us to engage Him at a at a personal level, okay? All of that assumes a level of communication, right? It it assumes conversation. That's true with people, and it's also true with our relationship with God. If we're going to develop real intimacy with God, there has to be some communication. And that communication has to be both ways. And that is often where Christians stumble. Because we get talking to God. We, we understand going to God with our, with our list of requests and our, and our prayers and sometimes our praise. But it doesn't always seem for a lot of us like God talks to us, 
Or, or maybe some of us don't believe God talks to us. I have spent um, much of my adult life in part of a denomination that largely denies that God speaks to us, although I think in some places that's changing a little bit. Um, you know, the idea is he spoke to us when he created the Bible, and that's the only way he speaks. And if you want to know who God is, just read the Bible. Um, in fact, I had a I had an elder at a church one time, heaven help us, said, well, if you want to know what God wants, just read the Bible and do what it says. You want to be a good Christian, just read the Bible and do what it says. There is certainly some truth to that, right? If you read the Bible and do what it says, that's a good thing. But there is more to this relationship that God wants to have to us than just following a, an owner's manual, right? Or a, or, or a legal code, which is the way sometimes we've treated the Bible. So I no longer believe that the Bible is the only way God speaks to us. And that may make you turn off this podcast right now, and that's okay. But I would, I would ask you to stick with me at least through this podcast. Um, I think the Bible is the primary way God speaks to us, for sure. In fact, I'll say that even more strongly. I don't believe you can have a healthy relationship with the Father, with the Father without a deep engagement with Scripture. And I don't believe God will ever say anything to us outside of Scripture that contradicts Scripture, okay? But to have the idea that God went mute after the Bible was written has, has become for me untenable. And actually, to take that view contradicts the Bible. So, so this is what we're kind of going to unpack a little bit today, um, just to sort of get some of this conversation out in the open. So what about this idea of God talking to us? Should we, should we expect it as Christians? Does, does Scripture affirm it? I would say yes. Um, there are loads of examples from Genesis all the way on um, of God talking to individuals. And it just seems to be, as you read through the pages of Scripture, the overwhelming expectation on the part of the biblical writers that God speaks to his people. For example, and I'm going to show you a number of passages real quick. I'm just going to read them off um, that I think bear this out all the way through Old Testament New. Um, and there's many, many more other than these. I just sort of picked these. Uh, Psalm, Psalm 4, verse 1, says, Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Okay? The psalmist sort of expected that God would answer. Okay? That was his prayer. Um, Psalm 16, verses 7 and 8, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. This is, this is um, um, parallelism, right? Um, the, the two phrases there, the Lord counsels me, my heart instructs me. That's, that's parallelism. It's a way of saying the same thing, which is interesting because he's picturing the Lord, the Lord's counsel 
being somehow connected to his own heart. Right? I think that's interesting. Uh, Psalm 17, verse 6. I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. Right? Seems pretty confident. You will answer me. Give ear to me and hear my prayer. Again, there's, a, there's an expectation of an answer. Uh, Psalm 28, verse 1. To you I call, O Lord, my rock. Do not turn a deaf ear to me. For if you remain silent, I will be like those who have gone to the pit. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, in the New Testament, Jesus says, It is written, Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now you have to understand, when Jesus says this, um, and he's quoting Old Testament scripture when he says this, but we, we've sort of gotten spoiled in the, in the modern world where everybody has a Bible, a printed, written Bible. Everyone can read, right? Um, I have at least a dozen Bibles on my shelf of different translations, and I have several of the same translation. Um, most of us have, have more than one Bible in our house. We can all read, right? And, and we assume that this is just the way it's always been. Not so. For much of the, of the world in Jesus' time and before, people couldn't read, and they did not have their own copies of the Bible. They, were, they would have been scrolls at that point, and they were very expensive to produce. They were manufactured one at a time, very labor-intensive to do so. People didn't have their own copies, right? Um, so... Um, People couldn't, sometimes we use, I say that to say, sometimes we, we talk about that verse, uh, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oh yeah, well that's talking about scripture. Well, not everybody had scripture. The wealthy had copies of it. The religious leaders had copies of it. But you didn't, you didn't have your own quiet time reading the Bible every day. Most, most people didn't, right? So what is that, how does that, what does that passage mean in the context of a world where virtually no one has their own copy of Scripture? It, it means God's talking to people, right? There's an expectation of that. Uh, moving on, John 10, uh, verses 1 through 18. I'm not going to read all 18 verses, but, but you should. Um, uh, it says, a piece of that says, The sheep follow him, follow the good shepherd. The sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice. Hearing God is about relationship with him. Calling his sheep by name, that's a, that's a personal thing, right? Um, God created us to encounter him, is the point. Um, John 14, verses 15 through 18, um, the spirit, the counselor, is what it's talking about. And it says, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Okay, well, you can't know him if he's silent and invisible, right? I, I think that the, the, that assumes that there's some level of engagement with the Spirit within you. Um, John 16, 12 and 13, the Spirit will speak and guide you is the idea there. Okay, so Scripture, and there's many, 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 many more verses that we could look at that it, it's just... As you read, as you read it all, it's just an expectation. Um, 
Scripture affirms both God's willingness to speak to us and the expectation of his people throughout history that he will. Now, speaking words is one form of communication, but God can speak to us without words too, just like we do, right? Uh, My wife gives me a look and I know what she's saying (laughs) without a word. So, so take a few minutes and, and do a little exercise with me. And, and it's okay to, to pause the podcast at, at this point, get a piece of paper, and just take, it, just take two minutes and scribble down some, th- just think, just from your own reading of the Bible. How many different ways can you think of in Scripture that God has communicated with his people? Okay. How many different ways, just just off the top of your head, can you think of where God has communicated with his people? All right? And and pause and and make some notes. Go ahead. I'll I'll be waiting when you get back. Okay, so what'd you come up with? Um, I'll give you a few of mine. Um, So God spoke uh, audibly uh, numerous times. I'm thinking of... Um, uh, Paul uh, on the Damascus Road in Acts chapter 9, uh, verses 1 through 9. Um, Jesus spoke to him directly, audibly. Um, God spoke one time through a donkey, right? Uh, Balaam's donkey in Numbers 22. Um, God got Moses' attention through a burning bush, right, in Exodus chapter 3. Um, in Daniel chapter 5, um, there, there was a, a hand appeared, a kind of a disembodied, disembodied hand, and it wrote uh, on the wall, right, um, some text on the wall. Um, sometimes God speaks through others, right? There's been a slew of prophets, right? Um, God speaks through his word, always has. And we've talked about that. Uh, that that's kind of the um, the scripture is sort of the plumb line, I think, for for hearing God in other ways. And if you and if you don't know what a plumb line is, look it up. <laughs> um, sometimes God has has spoken in dreams and visions. Right? Uh, Paul saw a, a, a vision of a a man from Macedonia saying, "Come help us." Right? Acts sixteen. Um, several places in the Bible affirm that God speaks to us through creation. Uh, Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, Romans 1, 18 through 20 says virtually the same thing. Um, sometimes God will speak um, in um, uh, m- multiple um, places. In, in other words, it's like a confirmation when you get the same message from two or three different sources. That's happened in in Scripture before, right? Um, And then I want to say spontaneous thoughts are are a way that that God speaks to us. When we just have a thought pop into our head that seems like it didn't arise from us. And we're going to talk more about that, that one. Um, So so what other ways? Like those are all things from the Bible. What about in your own life? Um, where you felt like God was speaking to you, um, where He where He got your attention in a way that that felt like time stopped for a minute, 
and revealed something brand new to you that that changed the way you saw yourself or the world around you or a particular situation. Um, I have had God speak to me through music before. In fact, I'll tell you kind of a, a little bit funny story. Um, um, and it's not just church music, <laughs> okay? Um, I was I was driving home a few years ago from Pennsylvania. My mother had just passed away. And I was driving home, and um, I was listening to music on the way home. And I, it was an emotional time for me anyway, having just lost my mom. Um, but I was listening to music, and I, and I played the... I, I had a playlist going of some, you know, kind of country rock kind of things that I really like. And one of the songs is the Eagles song, Desperado, right? Desperado, you know that song. I've listened to that song for decades, right? I, I've got all the words memorized. Um, many of you do too, probably. And I have heard that song over and over and over again. And I was listening to that song and something in that song reached out and grabbed me at that moment in my, in my life. And um, a, a bit of backstory, I had, I had, been, I had been hurt um, by some people. And I, I don't do hurt well. Um, I don't know that any of us do. But I had sort of... Um, in several parts of my life, I'd sort of kind of withdrawn um, from a lot of interaction with with others. I, I was it was a very lonely sort of time in my life, and um, to avoid being hurt more, right? This is we do this sometimes, right? Um, and I was listening to that song on the way home, and and I I can boy I can tell you. God himself grabbed a hold of my heart listening to a piece of that song. And here's the, here's the lines that did it for me, right? And you'll, you'll know these lines if you know the song. Now it seems to me some fine things have been laid upon your table, but you only want the ones that you can't get. Desperado, oh, you ain't getting no younger your pain and your hunger, they're driving you home. And freedom, oh freedom, well, that's just some people talking. Your prison is walking through this world all alone. And folks, I, I, I can tell you when I, when I heard that and it, like it, it grabbed a place in my heart and I knew I knew that something spiritual was happening. God was, God was telling me something. And I started bawling. And I almost had to pull the car over because it was, it was so utterly convicting. Now, you can hear that story and you can say, well, yeah, that's just a random chance thing. I don't, I don't believe it for a minute. For me, just the way the whole experience felt... It was like I was in the presence of the divine when I heard those words, right? Um, so sometimes God speaks to us through music, and it can be all kinds of music, right? doesn't have to be 
holy church music, right? Um, all creative endeavors are a, are a, uh, I believe, are a, a, um, kind of flow out of God's own creative heart, right? So uh, that's another another conversation for another time. Um, sometimes God speaks through books. You read a book and you and you have some sort of just profound, earth-shaking, soul-wrenching um, encounter with something that changes you. Um, movies. Um, there's a there's a movie. I, I, movies have impacted me a lot, um, but I'll tell you about one. Um, the guys um, from um, I think it's Sherwood Baptist Church. The the um, the guys that did um, um, Fireproof and Facing the Giants and and those movies. Their very first movie, which which a lot of you have probably never seen. Um, because it was a virtually <laughs> zero budget thing. Um, it's called Flywheel, and it was the first movies, first movie that they ever did. They did it. The peop- the actors in that movie were just people from their church down in Georgia. Um, they put the script together. They got a little bit. Of, I think they had. I think the if I remember the story, I think the church gave them ten thousand dollars to put the movie together. And they got some cameras, and they, you know, they just cobbled it together. You should watch it. It's very low budget, and you can tell. But don't get hung up on the on the polishness, uh, polishedness. <laughs> is that a word? Um, how polished it is. Listen to the story. That story, um, that movie, got us. We moved to Texas from Pennsylvania because of that movie. We had, we had already sort of decided to do it. Um, and we talked about it ourselves and we were committed. We, you know, but we hadn't taken one step to, to get ready for it. Um, we hadn't put our house on the market. We hadn't got a reserved a moving truck. We hadn't like, we hadn't, we hadn't told anybody. We, we had said among ourselves we were going to do it, but we didn't, we were honestly, we were afraid. We were afraid to step out there because it was sort of a big risk. Um, and we watched that movie and and went to bed that night. And my wife went to sleep. I could not sleep. That movie got a hold of me. And as I laid there in the dark, God was God said to me through that movie, "You don't trust me." You don't trust me. This is this is something I'm calling you to do, and you haven't taken one step toward doing it. You say you're going to do it, but you haven't done anything, right? And it convicted me. And in the middle, and I laid there for several hours, just really wrenching with that. And finally, I woke up my wife, and I and I I told her I said, I told her what had been going on in my heart. I said. We've got to, we've got to take a step. So the next morning, we got up. We called the realtor. We put, we listed our house. We reserved a moving truck, and we, and we launched out. And and that next couple of years were the toughest years of our life, but they were also the very best years because of what God did in us and through us during all that, okay? 
my, my, my fears were not unfounded. But God was calling us to do that. So, movies. Um, the Bible. Um, certainly, um, God speaks to us through the Bible. Um, the first time I was ever consciously aware of God actually speaking to me, I was reading Psalm 139. Um, and basically what God said is, and, and you can read that psalm and know where I got this, God said to me, I know you better than you, th- than you think I do. I know everything about you. I, I know how I made you. There is nothing about you, nothing you've done, no inclination of your heart that is in any way a surprise to me. I know everything about you, and I love you anyway and it wrecked me (laughs) those are the kind of things that God says to people okay the point is God is endlessly creative he has every means of communicating at his disposal to communicate with you so so we shouldn't expect that it's going to happen in just one way right so what are some barriers to hearing from God? The first one, I think, is disbelief. If you don't believe God speaks to people, that doesn't mean he won't. Uh, he's not limited by your disbelief in that way, but it does mean you probably are not going to recognize it as God. Okay. Um, another barrier is simply the lack of training and examples. Um, only once in my life have I ever seen a church that put forth any real effort to help its people learn how to discern the Lord's voice for themselves. And that leaves people uncertain, uh, unsteady in in their faith, feeling like they should be able to hear from the Lord, but because they can't, it must be because they lack faith or they're not good enough or they're not trying hard enough or some other nonsense. And it can really end up kind of upending and undermining people's faith. Then there's uh, what I heard someone call the the UFO syndrome, um, which is a strange name for something talking about God. But but the, the it follows this kind of logic. Okay, so if you saw a UFO, would you tell anybody about it? <laughs> if you saw if you really thought you saw a UFO, would you tell anybody about it? And the answer for a lot of us is probably not because we're afraid of being ridiculed, right? So you, you think you see something flying around in the sky and you, and you think, my gosh, that's everything I've ever heard about UFOs. This is it. No, I'm not going to tell anybody I saw this because people think I'm nuts, right? Um, it's kind of that way with hearing from God. Um, I heard somebody say one time, why is it that when we speak to God, we're said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic? (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Why does it seem like such a bizarre thing to admit to people that we might actually hear from the Lord who created us? Excuse me, coffee. Coffee. 
good stuff. Um, some people also get derailed um, by the fear that maybe it's just all in their head, right? They they think they hear God, but they're not sure, and they think, well, but, but how do I know? How, how do I know if it's just me, or you know, if it's real? And the best answer to that comes for me once again <laughs> from Harry Potter. You probably think that's the only movie I watch. So if you've seen the movie or read the book, um, you might remember Harry's uh, conversation with Dumbledore uh, in the kind of heavenly sort of train station after Voldemort kills him that we talked about a few weeks ago. And he's having this conversation with, with Dumbledore, and right toward the end of it, he said, he says, Professor, is this all real, or is it just happening inside my head? Which is a question we might ask if we think we hear from God, right? And I love Dumbledore's answer. He says, well, of course it's happening inside your head. Why should that mean that it's not real? I love that I love that, that logic. Why on earth should we expect the voice of God to arise from outside of us when he has placed his own spirit within us? Um, if you look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, or Romans chapter 8, verses 16 and 17, both of those passages talk about the spirit living inside us and that we're to walk by the spirit or, or be led by the spirit. How do you think that works? We should expect God to speak to us from within. We should expect that God's voice is probably going to come from within and is probably going to sound a lot like our voice. Right? Um, but that all leads to a, a, a fear that a lot of us have, and this is kind of another sort of thing we trip up on of being unable to, to distinguish our voice or or maybe maybe the enemy's voice, right? Some, we, some people have this idea that, well, you know, if I hear a voice in my head or get this thought or whatever, how do I know whether it's God or me or maybe it's maybe it's Satan that's placed something in there, right? And, I, and how do I know? How, how can I how, how can I be sure of anything? And in our in our desperation to be to be certain, we, we just sort of it's just safer just to not believe in this at all, to just dismiss it. But here's the thing. Discernment is something we struggle with, isn't it? Um, all over the not just related to this, but in general. And it is it is definitely healthy to make sure that we that we're discerning things correctly. Um, don't believe every spirit we're told in First John chapter four verse one, but test the spirits to determine if they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The Bible um, describes uh, discernment as a skill that we're supposed to grow into. Right? It's it's something we, like we need to learn how to discern these things, how to, how to figure this out. Because it's not always clear. It's not always clear. But just because something requires spiritual discernment 
doesn't mean we should avoid it or disbelieve in it. It means we need to be careful, yes, and mature in our thinking, but we don't reject it simply because it's not easy. Okay? So we're, we're coming to the end here for today, but before we, before we kind of quit, there's a couple of books I want to recommend, and I'll put notes for these in the, in the show notes so you can find them. Um, if, you're, if you're wanting to kind of delve a little deeper into um, the idea of, of, of learning to hear God's voice and, and what that looks like, I've got three really, really, really good books. I've read all of them. They are, they are eminently helpful. They, they all kind of come from different perspectives, but put them all together and they're very, this is really, really good stuff, okay? Um, one is called uh, Armchair Mystic. The subtitle is How Contemplative Prayer Can Lead You Closer to God. To God. Um, the author is Mark uh, Thibodeau. Um, he, is a, he is a Jesuit Catholic priest, um, and it is really, honestly, one of the very best books um, that I've read about this. Um, it was written in 2001. It's been updated in 2019. So, like, I, I, I highly recommend all three of these books. I, and I recommend that you read all three of them, okay? Um, book number two is by Dallas Willard. Uh, it was written in 2012, and it's called Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. And Dallas Willard is a biblical scholar, okay? So you've got, you got one of these books coming from um, a, a Catholic Jesuit. You've got one coming from a biblical scholar, right? And he brings some things to the table that are robust and healthy and good, right? Uh, and then the third book is by John Eldridge, and it's called Walking with God, How to Hear His Voice. Uh, he wrote this in 2016. A lot of you know John Eldridge um, as the guy who, who wrote, um, um, oh my gosh, Brain Cramp. Um, I can't remember the name of the, of the book he wrote. Well, you know it, um, if you can look it up. I might have, I might have to look this up. I, I can't stand it. Um, I don't know why I can't. I don't know why I can't remember the book. I've read it. Uh, Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart, that's it. Okay, so a lot of you know John Eldridge from that. He's written an, a, a, another bunch of good books. In fact, I'm reading one um, right now called uh, All Things New, that's a pretty good book. Um, but his book, Walking with God, How to Hear His Voice, I highly recommend that, okay? Put all three of those books together, read all three of them, and, and you'll, like they will, you will be helped. This will, this will be a blessing to you, okay? Um, so I want to finish up with two quotes. Um, one is from Dallas Willard, from the book that, that I just recommended. And he says this, Today, there is a desperate need for large numbers of people throughout our various social gatherings who are competent and confident in their own practice of life in Christ and in hearing His voice. Such people would have the effect of concretely redefining Christian, Christian spirituality for our times. They would show us an individual and corporate human existence freely and intelligently lived 
from a hand-in-hand conversational walk with God. That is the biblical ideal for human life. I love that quote. And in fact, I think we we need to, to reimagine prayer as more of a dialogue than a monologue. And we'll talk about that um, probably next week. Um, but I want to I want to finish with this last quote, and this is from a guy named Arthur Miller. Um, and this this helped me as I was trying to sort this kind of stuff out uh, and figuring out what it ought to look like, right? Um, and that's another thing we we trip up on here, like what should this look like? This you know may and maybe maybe it's not it's not working. You know we get an idea in our head that it ought to look this way or it ought to look that way. And but it's not happening that way for us. And oh my gosh, maybe I'm doing it wrong. Or you know, uh, this quote from Arthur Miller really, really helps me, uh, and and has helped me. And I keep coming back to it. Here's what it says: How does God so communicate with you? How will you know? Because God has designed your frame and understands how you are put together and how you function, what you notice and what you ignore, what you read, what you hear, and what gets your attention. Because the Spirit of God is resonant within you and has a job to do as you do yours, leading, nudging, instructing, guiding, opening new doors, reminding, questioning, affirming, prodding, sometimes engineering circumstances. Because the Spirit of God is resident within you, strange, extraordinary things happen. If you need a knock on the side of your head or a sense of God's love that will take your breath away, that will happen in God's time, and in a way only you will understand. Isn't that great? What that says is, God knows how to get your attention. If God has something that he wants to say to you, he knows how he made you. He knows what you ignore, what you notice, what you pay attention to. If God has something to say to you, he can... He can deliver it. He can get your attention in a way that you won't miss. That is comforting to me. And I hope it's comforting for you. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. This has gone a little bit longer than normal. Um, uh, It is what it is. Um, I hope you'll join us again uh, next week. Um, We're going to keep delving into this kind of stuff. Uh, We would appreciate... If you tell others about the podcast, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you go. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll be back. And remember, you are greatly, greatly loved.